So let's go ahead and pray. Father, you are an awesome God. You are a holy God. You are good, righteous, powerful, wise, giving, loving Father. All these things are, are these are you. And they are, you, they're revealed in Scripture. They're revealed in my heart. They're revealed in your heart. And I rejoice. I rejoice that you chose me, God, that you enabled me, you gave grace to me, you, Father, you allowed me to be your child and to experience your love and the gift of your Holy Spirit and to be part um, of this church family, God. I commit myself to you anew for this year. I commit this church family to you anew for this year, Lord, the church plant. We commit to you anew for this year, God. Our hearts, we smile at the future that you've given us. In Jesus' name, amen. So this is a momentous time in the life of our church, and I'm going to try to do three things this morning with this message. One is I want to take a breath and celebrate some of the things that we've uh, seen the Lord accomplish here for us recently. I want to try to cast a vision and, and framework what it's going to look like for the future of Oak Ridge, and I want to advance this teaching series. So that's a lot to pack into 25 or 30 minutes, so let's see how well I do on that. Um, uno momento. Okay. So, <clears throat> the best way to cast vision, the best way to cast vision is first to have a worthy vision based on Scripture. And practically speaking, though, once you have that vision, we need to communicate clearly. We need to set a good example, each one of us, starting with me. And we need to repeat our priorities frequently. We also need to evaluate how we're doing over time. Without each of those steps, casting a vision and setting goals, it, it doesn't, it's, not that, it's not that helpful. So that's what the, one of the purposes of this series is, is to, kind of, is to kind of remind us, refresh us of what our vision is as a church, as churches. With holidays and travel and illness, attendance has been understandably low in recent weeks. Um, so we're gonna, you're going to hear some repetition on some of the messages you've heard over the past couple of Sundays, and my, hopefully you'll hear some repetition going forward too. Best practices when you're talking about vision and goals is to hear this type of explanation more than once, and that's our goal over the next coming months. You'll hear this, the celebration, the assessment, the casting vision, and looking forward with a heart of faith. So first of all, celebration. A little context of who we are. You know, at our church family meeting in early December, we shared a graph of um, some of the timeline of who we are as a church, and I thought I would share another graph, some of the highlights of the last 40 years. So in 1979, our mother church, Oak Ridge's mother church, was planted in College Park, Maryland. People like Tom Short and Mike Cater, who have been on the stage speaking to us in the past, they were the younger, much younger people that planted the church at College Park, which grew into Silver Spring, which grew into Oak Ridge Community Church in 1993. In 2017, we went through an intentional re-envisioning time. And that was, a, it was encouraging, it was refreshing, it was much needed and probably long overdue. And then in 2019, we recognized two new elders, David DeGlow and Julian Smith. 2022, that's now hard to believe, we have a church plant launching in Carroll County, which is amazing. A lot 
has changed. By the way, some of the people in this room have been involved in this entire legacy of our church history. And that person are the Millers. So I just want to, I just want to recognize them and thank God for Steve and Franny. They've been members of our church for a very long time. They have been some of the people that have mentored and trained and encouraged and challenged my socks off. And I appreciate them. Other folks that have been here for a very long time include the Martinez's and the Ferguson's, Bruce and Stella. So it says we have a lot of continuity going back for 40 years. And there's a lot of fresh and needed voices because we always have to see new people coming along. But the Lord is good to remind us of the legacy that we have. But with legacy is good, but change is also good. And change is inevitable. And change is better when it's directed by the Lord and we cooperate with it. So my goal as we go through seasons of change is to hear what the Lord is saying, get counsel from those who know us best and love us most, and then implement steps to cooperate with where the Spirit of God is leading us. So that's part of the celebration. That's also part of the assessment. As I was thinking about celebration, this verse came to mind. In Psalm 16, 6, it says, The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. Indeed, my heritage is beautiful to me. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. That's a reference to property boundaries, to be blunt. But it, it's such a poetic image to say, to, for us to pause and think, Lord, you have been good to me. In spite of some of the difficulties or challenges or successes or disappointments that we've had in the, in the course of the life of our church, going back over 40 years, in our own, my own personal life, the challenges and things that we have to overcome, even in shorter periods of time, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, and the lines have fallen to you in pleasant places as you know him, if you know him, if you trust him. And what I'd like to do right now is we're going to take a, a few opportunities during this time. I just want to pause for, we'll see, a few seconds at least. And I would like each of us to just tell that to the Lord. Lord, the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, and the, my heritage is beautiful to me. And give thanks to him for the good things and for the challenging things. So let's just take a moment. It won't take a long time, but I would encourage you to pray that. Let's pray that prayer together to the Lord. Father, your word is beautiful. The lines have indeed fallen to me in pleasant places. And I trust those of you at home that are, that are following along with us, you're also taking the time to pray as well. So the second part of what we'd like to accomplish today is we want to assess and cast vision. And this past year, we spent a lot of time praying and talking, talking and focusing on the launch of Oak Ridge North. Very appropriate. The time and energy and uh, blood, sweat, and tears that were invested are appropriate and worthwhile, and I trust and I have faith that the Lord will use those to bear fruit for him. Oak Ridge North will launch on April 17th this year, which is Easter, and we're going to have a celebration before that, a week before that. We're actually going to have a celebration, more on that celebration on a future date, but just so these are dates that you have in your mind. But now that many of the decisions have been made for Oak Ridge North, the communication is still going to be flowing back and forth between the two congregations, but we are going to rebalance our focus from this pulpit, from this stage. We're going to rebalance our focus to, be, to, to lead and shepherd Oak Ridge Community Church, which is going to continue meeting here in the gathering place.
So, that said, the, the elephant in the room, at least every other week for this next couple of months, is that the Oak Ridge North Saints are going to be part of this message, which is kind of rebalanced to focus on Oak Ridge Community Church. And you're going to be receiving, you guys, Oak Ridge North folks, you're going to be receiving and hearing these messages at the same time. It's unavoidable. I trust that the principles will apply to both congregations. That's my goal. My heart is for the prospering and the blessing and the fruitfulness of both congregations. So if, if Oak Ridge North, don't tune out. This is for you in principle, even if some of the application points might not directly apply to you. And that's good. And that's, part of, that's part of change. But I wanted to say that just so that people know, so you don't feel like you're being left out or you're forgotten or, or anything along those lines. By the way, assessment takes time. As we go through this series, it's a six-week series, um, we basically called an audible in late December, and we had another series that we were thinking of doing, and we set it aside. It was a good series, um, but we set it aside because we thought, you know what, we need to change our focus as we are launching Oak Ridge North and we want to reforge Oak Ridge Community Church, we need to have a series which talks about the foundations of what our local fellowship is all about. And so we have six weeks. Obviously, it'll take six weeks, more than six weeks, to make this assessment, to cast this vision, for people to feel valued and heard and, and invested in what's going on. But we wanted to get started, and it takes time. And even over the six, these six weeks, we're not necessarily going to be presenting a complete package but we're laying a foundation. We're starting a process and beginning a conversation. We have, as, el as elders and pastors, we have clear ideas of what we think the Lord is leading us to do, but we want all of y'all's participation in this. So we just, this, is, this, is, this is part of a conversation. So the things we're talking about during this series and this, and this morning, I want your feedback on. And there'll be lots of opportunities for that feedback. So assess. First of all, let's start at the very beginning. Our vision statement, Oak Ridge Community Church, um, hope we, we probably don't talk about this enough. One of our goals is to intentionally review our vision and priorities and model. Intentionally review our vision and priorities and our model. That doesn't mean we're throwing everything out and we're going to do everything different, some radical difference. But the intention, you, may in, you can intentionally review something and still come to the conclusion, yes, this is valid and this is good. Or you might make tweaks or you might make more radical changes as the Lord leads. So our vision statement, Oak Ridge Community Church will be a gathering of communities who do life together and share Jesus together. The will be is an, is an aspirational thing. Vision is an aspirational thing. And the important things were a gathering of communities, family, life group, community groups, Sunday morning service. And we do life together, meaning we, this Sunday morning is not the only time we see each other. You know, men's meetings or women's meetings or Bible studies are not the only time. We, we actually see each other. We know each other. We actually like being around each other during the week. And we, and we spend time reaching our neighbors with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And we share Jesus together. So you should share Jesus by yourself, but you're not in this by yourself. So th this, is, this is our vision statement. So my question is, to myself first... And then to all of us is, how are we doing with this? This has been our vision statement for four years now, believe it or not. Tony Pearson came up here. The Lord used him to kind of catalyze our thinking and crystallize our thinking. It was a great time. Um, and we, we settled on this vision statement. How are we doing on this? So I hope that you're thinking, well, we're doing good on this point, or we could do better on this point. 
And I'm, I'm hoping that you will take some notes and you will communicate that to any of us. Talk, talk amongst ourselves as a church family. Let any of the pastors know what you think and how we're doing. If this vision still applies, because this is what we're going to be intentionally reviewing and affirming. Mission statement. This is a little bit longer. I'm going to read it again. This is not one that we talk about as much, mainly because it's so long and it's harder to remember, right? Mission statement. Oak Ridge Community Church, vision statement. In faith and reliance on the Holy Spirit, Oak Ridge Community Church will envision, equip, and release our saints to deeply love God, one another, and the lost. We will be devoted to God's word, evangelism, and building strong families so that we can multiply our lives and disciple one another to full maturity in Christ. So how are we doing on this one? Mission statement is how you're going to accomplish your vision. It's more practical than the vision statement because it's more down to earth and it's like these are the things we're going to do. So how are we doing on these things? Do you want my opinion? Good, I thought you might. Um, I think we have some notable successes and some notable areas where we can improve as a church family. Successes are, and has been across the legacy of our church, the, 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 health of our, the health of our friendships and, and relationships in the body. The spirit that people notice when they visit and they come in and they see that people genuinely love Jesus and they genuinely love one another. That's a notable success. Strong families. Something we talk about frequently. We emphasize frequently. We want strong families. We celebrate strong families. We I try to equip the strong families, we model strong families, and we help each other to be strong. And we all need help. I need help. Shirley and I need help. Everybody needs help. We help each other in that. I think those are two notable areas of success. Areas of improvement, my opinion, include our own personal devotion to the Lord. You know, knowing the Word, being devoted and desperate in prayer before God. And evangelism. Personal devotion to God and evangelism. Not that we, it, we it's not that we don't do anything along those lines. And God, we do rejoice at the fruit and the successes that God has given us. But these are areas that I believe that need to be strengthened. If this is our mission, if we say that we will be devoted to God's word, evangelism, building strong families, you know, if they say one out of three ain't bad, that's not good enough. So we may need to prayerfully and thoughtfully consider how to strengthen the first two areas in order to accomplish the mission that God's given us to do here. There's a lot more to say on this topic, and you will be not only listening, but you will be speaking into this topic here in the months ahead as we talk about what the reforging of Oak Ridge Community Church looks like. The verse that highlights the assessment phase over the last several months at least, and I really want this to be true of the Oak Ridge reforging it's James 3.17, which we've talked about recently. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, and good fruit, impartial and sincere. The awesome thing about this verse, there's no room for my flesh in that verse. I hate it, and I love it. It's challenging. It burns me when I read that. My heart is burned when I read that verse but it's a good kind of burn. And I pray that you will take it seriously as well as we think about what the future looks like. Oak Ridge North, as you are planting 
I pray that this is your theme. Oak Ridge Community Church, as we are reforging, I pray that this is going to be our theme. We can look across, we can pray with one another, we can talk, we can sit across the tables from one another, and we are led by the Holy Spirit in peace, submission, mercy, which is going to yield good fruit. It's amazing. It's an amazing theme for, for our, this time in our church life. <clears throat> so I want to pause again here. I want to pray. And uh, if nothing else, and those of you, again, on Zoom, please take a moment and pray. Let's just flat out, let's just ask the Lord for, for wisdom. And you know what? What's it say when we ask for wisdom? What's the other passage in James? What's it say about wisdom when we ask for it? He gives it to us, and what's his attitude as he gives it to us? Grudgingly? Generously. He delights his heart when we ask for wisdom. So let's delight God's heart right now and pray for wisdom. We can pray silently for a few moments. Holy God, you're awesome. Thank you that you delight to give us wisdom. Please give me wisdom. Give Shirley wisdom, my family, our bodies here, our church body. Give us wisdom, Father. Amen. All right, so last week, Pastor David DeGlobe provided the following definitions on reforging. We're finally getting to the point where I'm advancing the topic of our sermon today. Thank you for bearing with me. And again, be prepared to hear some repetition of these points in the months ahead. So reforging, it's kind of an interesting word. So what is it, the, the context behind the reforging idea is we have valuable starting resources. A blacksmith, he has a stock of, he has a, he has a hot fire, he has excellent tools, and he has a stock of, of supplies, and he's going to make something that's pretty awesome. And then there's the firing process where you have to pound the living daylights out of something of things in, in an aggressive manner to produce something that's a high quality. When you focus on the foundation, our focus on the foundation of the church is these areas that he covers that we're going to review here in a few minutes. And we're stocking the flame participation, meaning that it's not just, it's, it starts with us. I am accountable before God and to you all as a pastor of this church to set a good example. But part of my responsibility is to ask each and every one of you to pause before the Lord and say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? How do you want me to participate? You hear this old 80-20 rule about 20% of the people do 80% of the work. That's not true in our church, thankfully. It's a much higher participation. But we want Every single person, every single person is, who is a believer, who has trusted Jesus Christ, they have a gift. They have an ability to bear fruit for, the God, for God, and he will, he's put you in the body right where he wants you to be. He wants you to participate. And patience is required because change takes time. And then priority is, needs to be focused on because we need to say, are we doing the right things? If our desire is to continue to plant churches, which it is, I trust God this won't, the Oak Ridge North won't be the, won't be, it'll be the, only the first church that's planted. If we want strong families, if we want personal devotion, if we want to be effective in sharing our faith, if we spend most of our time stacking chairs and arguing over you know, what color hymnals we ought to do, those things aren't going to yield the results. So we have to examine our priorities and it takes time. And if we're wise, we'll seek God and we will instigate needed change rather than be forced to react to it. And I trust we'll have more on that in the future too. 
We all grow, believe it or not, whether you've noticed or not, we're all getting older. 2022. Those of you who are my age are thinking, what the heck? It was just 1990-something. Those of you who are younger, you'll get there, believe me. <laughs> Things change. Bodies change. Families change. Culture changes. We can't keep doing this. Even if the, th the things we were doing before was good and successful and fruitful, it is inevitable that things are going to change and we'll have to do things differently. So let's make, let's seek the Lord, let's talk to one another, let's get counsel from wise and godly men and women, and then let's instigate those changes and not just be drug along reluctantly. Several years ago, we read a book by Greg Finke. He had a quote at the beginning of the book which just floored me. He said, our church culture is perfectly calibrated to minister to a society and a culture that no longer exists. No longer exists. May that not be true of Oak Ridge. May that not be true of Carroll County. That we don't build and labor in a way that's relevant to the year 1990 or 2000 or even 2010. May we be faithful. May we make the stands we need to make on Scripture. May we glorify the name of Jesus Christ and bear fruit for Him in a way that's relevant and meaningful and effective in our culture today. Big topic. I don't pretend to have the answer on how that happens. I'm just desperate not to be a gray hair sitting in the back of the in the back of a, um, a congregation someday, wish, you know, wondering where everyone went and why won't all these young people sing the same songs I sing or do the same things I want. I want to change. And young people, you have been raised. You are godly. You know what the scriptures say. The time is, is here and rapidly approaching when you will bear significant responsibility for serving God, leading his people, and bearing fruit. It's already here. We can already see it. It's exciting to us. And we want to see you to continue to step forward into that. And that's part of what we want as well. So, once we have his leading, we can trust him for the future. So, trusting God. So, we have celebration, we have assessment, and vision casting, we have tr trusting God. 2022, we have... We have Calvary County launch, Oak Ridge reforcing. 2023, my prayer, my personal prayer, is that one year from now, we will have two autonomous, interdependent, healthy churches. That's my personal prayer. And the Lord has given me that as I've sought Him in the James 3.17. That's the prayer that He's given me, and I'm praying it frequently. And that's my heart and my attitude as we walk forward here. 2023, we'll, we'll see two autonomous, interdependent, not independent, interdependent, healthy churches. Trusting God can be tough, though. There's a lot of work to be done. And I want to reference, as, a, as an encouragement for that, I want to reference a verse in Proverbs 31.25. It talks about the godly, it talks about the godly wife. I think we can expand that to the godly woman. And I think, I think in men, we can also be challenged with the faith example that that woman showed. She smiles at the future. She smiles at the future. Why? Is it because she's awesome? As my son Duncan used to say, 
I'm handsome and everyone loves me when he was five years old. Is it because she's awesome? Is that why she smiles at the future? Is it because her circumstances are awesome? Is it because her dreams are guaranteed to become true? You know the answer to each of these questions is no. You know it, right? No, because she has faith. In Proverbs, she had faith in Jehovah Almighty. With the full revelation of Scripture in Jesus Christ, we have faith in the Godhead, in Jesus Christ, in our salvation. She, ha- she smiles at the future because she is grounded in faith. So my encouragement to myself every single day, regardless of my circumstances, smile at the future, David. Just guaranteed? No. Is it, even is it the things I want? No. But why is she smiling? Because she trusts Jehovah God. So I want to take a moment right now. We're going to pray again, briefly. And again, if you're at home, please take a moment to pray. I want you to smile at the future before the Lord. Whether that means you just smile silly behind your, your, um, your masks, or you just give thanks to God, or you just say, Lord, I trust you, or you say, this is insane, I hate it, but I'm willing to listen, because maybe you're in a tough spot, and I get it, I understand. If you're in a tough spot, it's just too difficult to say, Lord, thank you for, thank you for an uncertain future, then just say, Lord, I'm willing. I'm willing for you to teach me how to do that. So let's do that. Let's pray silently for a moment. Father, thank you. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, and I smile at the future. The lines have fallen to me in pleasant places, and I smile at the future. Those of us who are at a spot where we can say, Lord, we smile, and we are so grateful, and we look forward, praise God, we rejoice. Those who are at a point right now who are saying, it's just too difficult to say that. God, my heart, my heart hurts for them. And I know you know what's going on with them. I just commend them to you, God. Give them grace to say, I'm willing. I'm willing to smile. Just teach me how to smile. Amen. So last week, David um, laid out these five areas we are made for. These five areas. And these five areas of worship, reliance, fellowship, family, and witness. They're the foundations of a local church. As we were thinking, what are the areas we want to focus on? These are the foundations of the local church. And again, the implementation is going to look different in different bodies. But these are common factors that each of us is going to have to em- embrace. This series is going to go through that. So, I've expanded on these things. I'm going to read them again. I've expanded on these things to provide a little bit more context, a little bit more detail, and this is going to be a theme you're going to hear as we go through this series. There's going to be expansions, there's going to be refinement, and maybe some changes. So these found the foundations of a local church. We worship and we glorify God to the world. We are light and salt to a dark world. But our primary, we, we exist to worship Him, and that's, also, that's enough. We emphasize our reliance on God, starting with our need to be saved. We have to walk in the Spirit. We have to rely on Him every single day, but our reliance starts in the area of salvation. And we have fellowship with fellow believers. We've been put into a family. 
like Scripture says. We've been put into a family. We're part of a family. We are meant to operate in a family. There's no such thing as a lone, healthy Lone Ranger Christian off by themselves. We are designed to be part of a family that loves us, serves us, challenges us, leads us. Now, I'll repeat again, even though I am a pastor of this church, I'm united with five men right now. They are my pastors, so I am not like whatever you want to call it, unaccountable. I am accountable and submitted to them as my pastors, as my shepherds. And each one of us has the same relationship. We are cared for, we are loved, and we're also accountable to serve one another. And building strong families, if our families are not healthy, then flat out, all the bad, lots of bad things are going to happen, but we're going to be hypocrites. If you don't have something in your home that's worth showing to people or exporting, then you're not, going to, you're not going to be an effective testimony for the Lord. And that applies to those of us who are single as well. Many of you are, who are single are still living in a home, maybe with family, with roommates. You are still in a family environment. You still have to be a person of integrity in that environment. You still have to have something that's worth exporting in that environment. And last but certainly not least is we are meant to be witnesses of the gospel. These are the foundations of a local church. So, first of all, what do you think of these five items, these five items as a, as a foundation? Anything, anything wrong? Anything missing that we need to think about and talk about and pray about? We want, we want your feedback on this. We want to intentionally affirm that these are the foundations of a local church. And secondly, how are we doing on these things? Worshiping. And growing in our relationship with God. Having fellowship with other believers. Building strong families. Witnessing the gospel. How are we doing? Again, I won't go through all the details again, but I think there's some areas of strength. And I think there's some areas that we need to intentionally seek God's wisdom and peace as we grow in these areas. And third, if we determine that there's areas we want to improve, or maybe there's areas we missed, what do we need to do differently? Can we, as brothers and sisters, in a spirit of joy and peace and encouragement, identify the areas we need to improve and then do it together? And I'm, I believe, my faith is, is like, yeah, we may identify things we need to do differently. And at first it may be disappointing to hear, yeah, I need to do something differently. Because whenever I get a test that I'm back and it's not 100%, I'm like, what did I do wrong? But it's always healthy to have these areas of need revealed. And then God will, he rejoices to show us where we need to grow. And then in the long run, we are refreshed and we can rejoice as well when we, when we grow in the areas we need to grow in. So, last week, David shared about how we're designed to worship God. That's how we're created and designed to worship God. This week, we're going to emphasize, finally now, finally getting down to the topic of my message, which I will be mercifully brief. I promise it won't be another half an hour. Second place, the second piece of our foundation is reliance on God. We must rely on God in all areas of our life, of course, but I want to focus right now on the need for salvation because it's just, it's just crucial. We can't do anything else until we're saved. And thankfully, salvation is simple. It's simple enough for a child. Jesus said, let the little children come unto me. So merciful. Such a good God mm, that made a relationship with him. 
so accessible that a child can believe. We simply need to acknowledge our sin. We place our faith in Jesus Christ for forgiveness. It's really simple, very beautiful, not a complicated set of theology, not a whole long list of things you have to do or believe or think. We acknowledge that he's God. We acknowledge that we fall short and we trust Jesus Christ for the gift that he's given us of salvation. This is needed because in our natural state, we are dead in sin. We are separated from God. We are God's enemy, as a matter of fact. And we cannot serve him until we have trusted Jesus Christ. We will keep this scriptural and simple because he's laid it out that way. The first thing, the first passage, John 3, 16. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Thankfully, he loved me, he loved you so much that he sent his own son, Jesus Christ, to earth to suffer and die and resurrect. So what is your response to this gift? It's a gift that he's given. Each one of us is required to personally respond to this gift. If you have not responded to this gift, I urge you, acknowledge God's sovereignty. Repent of your sin. Accept the free gift of salvation that he offers through his son, Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful and a simple thing. And it's the start of something completely new for us. Because once we have trusted him, things change. Everything changes. Mark 12, 30 says, You must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. An amazing, challenging passage. Impossible to even think about without being saved in Jesus Christ. Once we are saved, then we can approach it in his strength. A number of amazing things kick in for us. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit when you become a Christian, when you're saved, when you become born again, when you trust Jesus, all these things are the same thing. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit, and you have the ability to start understanding what it means to love him with all your heart and soul and mind and strength. Next, we have a number of earthly promises, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. Behold, new things have come. If any man is in Christ, any woman is in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. New things have come. We have a newness of life. Physical life, and more importantly, our spiritual life is new. We are alive. We can we are the children of God. We are brothers and sisters in Christ. It's a brand new thing. It takes time to learn all that means. It takes time to learn how to walk in that power and to bear fruit. And God's not in a rush. He's got a plan for you, and we shouldn't be in a rush with ourselves or with one another. It also means that we have freedom from sin. We have the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit and Scripture and the, and the, the family around us to, to be freed from areas of brokenness and sin in our lives. That's an amazing thing. That is something worth offering to the world around us. The forgiveness and the freedom from sin. And with that comes healing from past mistakes. 
things that have been done to you or things, consequences that you have incurred on yourself by the mistakes that I've made and you've made. Healing is possible through the Spirit and with, and with time. Not only do we have these promises, we have a purpose. First, Colossians 1, 27 and 28, we proclaim him, admonishing every man, teaching every man with all wisdom, the awesome wisdom concept again, that we may present every man complete in Christ. We may present every man complete in Christ. We proclaim him, there's the Great Commission, that we may present every man complete in Christ. Part of that complete, completion knows that it means that you are growing in your faith. You are growing in your knowledge of God. You are feeding that new inner hunger you have to know Him better. You are abiding in Christ. You are listening to Him. You are obeying Him. You are being shaped into a gracious, wise, loving, patient person, which none of those things are come naturally to Dave Ferguson and none of them come naturally to you. But you can grow in them as you know Him better. That's an amazing thing that I don't think we talk about enough. We abide in Him. We know Him better. We feel His delight. We grow in maturity. We bear fruit for Him, and we please Him again. It's an amazing thing. That can happen. That happens as we seek Him as individuals, and as a family. We have a ministry. 2 Corinthians 5, 20 says, We are ambassadors, Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when, he, when we plead. Come back to God. Come back to God. You, as a believer in Jesus Christ, you're created to know Him better. You're created to serve Him. You're created to abide in Him. But you have a ministry your ministry is to walk up to the person near you and say, come back to God. It doesn't mean you grab them by the collar and you smack them in the face. It might. Depends on your friends. But you have a ministry to tell a thirsty and hungry and despairing world, come back to God. Most of them are not going to want to hear it. Most of them are not going to understand it. But God may give grace to them to hear what you're saying. And that is my mission, and it's your mission. All these things that we do, this joy, this wisdom, this power, this peace, is created for the sake of fulfilling this ministry that we have. That's why we meet together on Sundays. That's why we meet together as life groups. That's why we encourage one another as families. That's why we get to know Him better as an individual. And we have a promise our reliance on Him throughout our life as we come to know Him through salvation, as we walk close to Him, as we obey Him, we bear fruit, we fulfill the ministry that He's given for us. We have a promise. And this reliance bears fruit. Revelation twenty-two fourteen. Blessed are those who wash their robes. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city and eat the fruit from the tree of life. Wash their robes. That's a picture of us being forgiven having the blood of Jesus Christ cleanse us from all sin. They will be permitted to enter through the gates of the city, the new Jerusalem, as this is heaven, and eat the fruit from the tree of life. That's eternal life. This is a promise. This is a promise. 
So what is your response? What is your response to this good news, this picture of reliance that I've tried to lay out on only the barest, the barest framework here, this picture of reliance? What is your response to these, this good news? It should be starting with repentance and acknowledging that He is God and that you need Him. You need Jesus Christ. Your response should also be faith, actively putting your faith in Jesus Christ to do what He, and trusting that He would do what He said He's going to do. Not only to save you, but to change you as you walk forward and know Him better and obey your calling for His life. And the response to this good news is you should build His kingdom. You should build His kingdom by worshiping Him, by obeying Him, by being righteous, by rejecting sin, by loving, by returning good for evil, by actively sharing the gospel with those who need it. These are ways, these are some of the ways that we build His kingdom. Repentance, faith, build His kingdom. This is what our response should be. So the final question is, again, how are we doing? Have you trusted Christ the Savior? Do you love Him with all your heart? Are you building His kingdom? If I'm honest with myself, if you're honest with yourself, you'll say, I have some notable successes. I have some notable areas where I need to improve. And so that's part of what we're doing right now in the reforging of Oak Ridge Community Church. Lord, we want to celebrate our successes. Lord, we want you to point out the areas where we need to improve. And Lord, we want to bear fruit to glorify your name, to build your kingdom, to be a shining light to this world. So, question to you, empowered by the Holy Spirit, is there anything that you need to do differently? Not go home and force yourself to do something by sheer force of will. Empowered by the Holy Spirit, is there anything that you need to do differently? Empowered by the Holy Spirit, is there anything that we need to do differently as a church? Those are the questions. Those are the homework. I hope that you will think about it. I hope that you will talk to one another. I hope you will ask the Lord to speak into that. And I hope you'll tell me what your thoughts are on these important questions of how are we doing and what do we need to do differently. Next week, we'll be taking a look, continuing our look at the foundations of the church and going into more detail what it means to be a fellowship as, lo- as a local church body. Let's pray. Again, Lord, you are glorious, you're holy, you're righteous, you're perfect, you're powerful, you're wise, you're loving, you're giving, and you're so patient with me. And uh, we, again, I say the lines have fallen to me in pleasant places. I say, Lord, I want your wisdom. I say, Lord, I smile at the future. I say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I put my faith in you. I say, Lord, I embrace the mission that you've given me to tell the world around me, come back to God. Grant us wisdom, grant us fruit, unreasonable fruit, Lord. I pray we would see fruit here at the gathering place. I pray in Carroll County as well, Lord. We would see fruit that just doesn't make any sense because your power is moving and your name is being glorified. Just lift these things up in Jesus' name. Amen.